Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the Oxford comma. I love Coca-Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries and share the real truths about marketing and empower you to become a real marketer. So first question, tell me something about yourself that few people know. Well, there's not much that most people don't know because I'm I'm pretty much an open book, but I would say that if I wasn't a CMO, I would be a private detective that specialized in capers. And so in my in my in my daily life, I'm always looking for uh to, for how I solve the mystery. So like like CSI style, is that what you're thinking? More capers. So think Scooby Doo okay. versus Ooh, CSI, yeah. um like gem thievery. <laughs> or art thievery versus like murders. <laughs> okay. So none of the gory stuff. Exactly. Kind of more fun um, stuff, problems to solve. Exactly. Well, you are um, a CMO. And I know one of the things that you really think about is, you know, what the title of a CMO should be. Should it be a chief marketing officer, which is what a lot of us are you know, really think about in the role or should it be a chief market officer? So what is the difference between the two and your perspective? There's similarities, but I think the big difference is on strategy versus execution. And so, you know, even though I've, you know, I was previously a chief market officer, um, I've been a chief marketing officer prior to that. I'm now a chief marketing officer. Again, I really view that chief market officer is a mindset and is a strategic mindset. So I start many meetings with my peers saying, imagine I don't have an ING (laughs) on the back of my title right now, um, because what I want to talk to you today about is the market. And, And that's what I really think is the difference. I think sometimes CMOs get caught up in the, the tactical. We have so much on our plate, um, from, you know, research and insights to social media, to demand gen, to brand, to analyst relations. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And so a lot of times it's really easy for us to to forget what we are in service of, and that's the market. And so even if your title is chief marketing officer, we should be acting in the spirit of a chief market officer. And there's no other C-level that has an ING on on the back of their title. We don't have a chief producting officer, chief designing officer, chief selling officer. We have chief customer officers. We have chief product officers. And and I think the the discipline of marketing deserves to to not have the the focus on on execution. And so I really think it's a strategic mindset and and it's one that we should all be striving for. So how do you make that shift, right? So you're right. A lot of CMOs are in the, and I think a lot of just marketers in general, right? We're in this tact, even though we say it's strategic, we're thinking about strategy. It really all comes down to, 
Are you driving the right results? What channels are working, right? Like we go straight from strategy to tactics. How do you get people to pull back and start to think about it differently? So it starts with with changing the perception. And, and that requires discipline on our side. So every time I go into a board meeting, for example, I start with market insights. I get to the tactics, I get to the results, but I start with the market insights. The, the same is true when I'm with my peers. I consistently start the discussions with what have I learned from customers? What am I learning from the market? Um, where are we in terms of you know, building out our customer journey understanding? And, and starting to just really shift from the end result, which we'll get to, <laughs> but starting with the why is really important. And it just takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of ability to, to almost stand up for yourself and say, yes, like we're going to talk about that shortly, but right now, like, let's talk about what we're seeing in the market, what our customers are telling us, what people that we wish were our customers were telling us. And, and let's start there to think about the problem before we try to, to see if solutions are, are successful. So when you, you know, regardless of what your actual title is, when you take on that role of the chief market officer, do you ever find with your peers, you know, that are, that are CROs or, you know, VP of sales, CFOs, et cetera, that they appreciate that? Or is it hard for them to kind of really see you take on this kind of different role that is more about what's happening in the market and what we should be doing, less about like the tactical side? So yes and no. So what I see a lot of when I talk to, to CEOs, they, they want a chief market officer. They understand the value that having a, you know, a right hand that's thinking about the market, that's thinking about customer experience, that's thinking about the customer journey, um, that's really bringing those insights to the table. The challenge is, you know, once you get in and once you're working with the team, can you keep that focus? So I think, you know, at the highest level, most of the CEOs, at least that I've talked to and I've worked with, have been really, really supportive of that mission of elevating the, the function and the discipline of marketing. But where the rubber really meets the road is when you start digging in and, and working together. And that's why like consistently, you know, beating that drum, being that advocate for the market and for the customer and everything you do is really important because even if, you know, early on they are, you know, a champion of this concept, there will be a point where the focus becomes again on, on execution and tactics because that's, that's what the role of marketing has been for so long at this point, and that's what they're used to. So in a lot of ways, you know, our role becomes education and, and change management <laughs> with, with our CEOs and our peers and, and helping them bring, you know, bring them along on this journey with us, because ultimately we are the voice to and the voice from the market but we have to have a, a peer group who embraces that mindset because we can't do it alone, right? Marketing is, is only as good as product and only as good as sales and only as good as customer success. So being able to, to take on that role of, of change champion and of 
of educator is really critical in order for us to continue to, to elevate the discipline. Exactly what you said is so true because, you know, all of our peers, when you're in that marketing leadership role, want you to drive results. That's how we're held accountable. And especially when you look at like the CMO tenure in organizations, you know, how do you one, keep remind, you know, get to a place where the CEO goes, yes, I want you to play this role. And then continues to want that, you know, 12 months down the road, 18 months down the road, and can see the bigger picture that it's not always about short term gains. It's a it's a bigger vision. How do you know when you like, how can you make that not just be something that CEOs sign on to initially, but they actually continue to remind themselves, like, this is the type of leader I want in this role. And they don't fall, you know, victim to decades of wanting marketing to drive results and having those knee-jerk reactions. Like I think a lot about, you know, when I've talked to others on the show, how many times, you know, a CEO comes to them and says, oh gosh, you know, like we're not where we need to be for the quarter. Can you go create more ads, send more email, right? Like do right. more, do more things. <laughs> right. So how, how do you like handle that situation where you've kind of gotten, you know, your CEO on board, like, this is the role I want you to play, but it's like this knee jerk reaction and all of us, right. Results aren't where they need to be. Go do more. How do you help them realize that, Hey, this, remember, this is not what we want. It's going to be fine. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think I learned this coming from management consulting and, and, you know, I spent the early part of my career kind of in consulting, management consulting, um, but also PR and crisis communications consulting. And one of the things that I had to learn early on in my career was how to get smart on an industry and a customer and a market fast. Um, you know, I would get those phone calls. I was at my my brother's wedding in Idaho, and I got a phone call. You need to <laughs> you need to be in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, on on Tuesday, ready to to be an expert in coal mining. Get ready to pitch a four billion dollar acquisition, and and so you get really used to the ability to jump in quick and learn the industry and the business. And I think that that has is what has really helped me in terms of being able to to drive trust with a CEO and my peers is because ultimately marketing is business strategy. And so we have to we have to get out of our own way sometimes because we also tend to focus on the tactics because that's our discipline. Right. That's what we, quote unquote, do. Um, but at the end of the day, what we're really driving is a business strategy. So you have to build trust and rapport with your peers and your CEO by being able to really speak the language of the industry and the customers and the, the partners and the market really, really quickly. And so one of the things that I've found that has been really successful for me is that by you know tapping into those skills that I learned early on in in consulting of you know knowing enough to be dangerous but also recognizing that I'm not the expert and you know really asking a lot of questions in those first few weeks and months to understand um, what the market is going through and once you can start to speak the language of the business then you can wrap marketing strategy in the context of the business, which drives a lot more credibility with the C-suite. And, and I'll just be honest, you know, I, I see a lot of 
CMOs and marketing leaders who really hone in on their marketing capabilities versus really stepping back and viewing marketing as the business strategy. And, and so being able to, to pull that together in a way that resonates with leaders who have likely been in the industry for a long time, who are, you know, working with, with customers and partners and, and solving operational challenges and product challenges for us to really be able to, to speak that language is, is the first step in, in terms of driving more credibility for, for marketing and being able to say, you know, yes, I'm with you. Like we need more pipeline, (laughs) but let's understand why we're having challenges on the pipeline front. And, and it's likely not a problem with advertising, right? Those are vanity metrics at the end of the day. Those are indicators. Um, The challenge is likely a, a bigger view of, of, you know, how we're engaging with customers, whether they trust us or not, are there operational challenges? Um, Are we, do we really understand our, you know, target persona? Um, do we really understand what the market wants from us? Are we providing that? And being able to have those conversations with a business lens gets us out of those, well, you know, what are you doing for me tomorrow conversations? I think we've all had that conversation is what are you doing for me tomorrow? And they've forgotten what we did for them yesterday already. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. <laughs> I always, I always joke about that, right? It's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Um, so what you were just talking about, you know, what role does culture start to play in this versus, you know, the role of strategy? So let's say you get someone on board with this kind of role as, you know, perception of thinking about as a chief market officer, being more strategic, thinking more about the market and what it demands and what impact that should have on the business itself. You know, how do you think about creating a culture that is focused on the customer and that is focused on what the market needs? Because I think so many times companies lose sight of that and they lose, you know, they think they have this wonderful strategy in place, but they're not successful because the culture within their team isn't where it needs to be. Yeah, it's a good question. I think what ultimately drives that is, you know, do you have a clear understanding of, of the organizational goals? And, and what I mean by that is at the highest level. So when you come into an organization that is in full turnaround or transformation, marketing's role is very different than if you are coming into an organization that is in a you know, serious growth trajectory, um, VC funded, you know, really trying to, to acquire as many customers as possible to, to hit those growth metrics. Um, versus a cash cow um, as well that's just kind of you know stable and and maintaining share and so I think first we have to understand where is the business because where where that business is currently in their life cycle is what drives the culture um, and so for example you know I've I've done both high growth and um, and turnaround my personality, my style, my leadership, what I bring to the table, I find a lot more, like I'm more passionate about the the turnaround and transformation personally. And what I find there is that culturally, there is a high bias for action. Um, there is a high bias for um, what I'd call radical prioritization. And, and those 
cultural element don't necessarily fit well into a, a high growth, you know, grow at all costs kind of mentality. And so really being able to step back and understand the organizational goals and focus will help the CMO be able to, to, to say, okay, here's my mandate, understanding where I fit into that puzzle. How do I address the, the cultural nuances here? And, and I find personally in a, you know, in a transformation and turnaround effort and why I love them so much is because whatever's been working hasn't, you know, in the past is not working today. And, and leadership has a very strong, um, I don't want to say like propensity for risk, right? There's like, they know that they need to do something different. And, and so they're really tapping into the CMO to bring new ideas to the table, but also maintaining constraints, understanding the need for prioritization versus I think a lot of times in the growth, you're, you're throwing things against the wall and, and trying to, to see what sticks. And so having like really understanding that will help from a cultural standpoint of how do you frame up the value of marketing and, and how much, you know, ROI do you have to prove and when and how what's the tolerance for risk do people understand the the role of marketing what's their historical perspective of marketing been a lot of that can kind of come out as you start to think through like you know am i really am i really joining a turnaround effort or am i on a growth trajectory or i am in, am in this cash cow kind of maintenance mode so I think starting there um, and tying tying the cultural piece back to the the business strategy is is where we can be the most successful. Your point around um, really understanding the legacy of marketing in that organization is so spot on, because I think sometimes CMOS come in and it seems to influence marketing more so than I see in any other kind of you know department within a business. No matter what a CEO says and whatever their vision is for what they want marketing to be moving forward, the entire organization will think of marketing. However, the previous person ran it. Exactly. Right. And sometimes like you, you need to know what you're up against a little bit and you know, what worked for them, what didn't work, not because you're going to use it, but because you need to know how people are going to, to measure you, even if it's, you know, not something that's on a scorecard. It's how they're going to think about you from a perception standpoint. Absolutely. So let's talk digital transformation. I feel like it is one of the biggest buzzwords (laughs) right now. So when you think about digital transformation, you know, first of all, where does that sit? Like who should own it? Is it the CMO? Is it the CIO? Is it chief digital officers and whatever? I've seen so many new titles in the last 18 months. You know, where should that sit if it's going to be a catalyst for strategic growth for an organization? So I think there's a few reasons why companies undergo digital transformation. Um, I mean, as you've probably seen, especially COVID has just accelerated the need for, for digital transformation. The organizations that are doing it right and digitally transforming are, are the ones who are capitalizing and, and growing. And the ones who aren't are kind of being left behind at this point. And, and so it really does come down to 
how are you building a center of excellence around digital transformation? And I did a big research project a couple of years ago um, when I was at IBM to understand like what it takes to cross the chasm when it comes to digital transformation and, and AI transformation. And, and basically we kept seeing like four, you know, four out of five AI projects were failing. Um, I don't think those numbers have changed all that much um, over the past couple of years. And, and I wanted to understand why. And, and the reality is, is that, um, you know, mediocrity and excellence look very similar early on. And, and it isn't really until you scale and move into production where you start to see um, that, you know, that separation. And, and ultimately, what that means for organizations, the ones that are doing it right and who are able to get into production and scale are building a center of excellence. And that doesn't mean that everything is is on prem, right? They're they're leveraging multi cloud. They're leveraging, you know, tools and applications in the cloud, as well as you know some some things that live within their own data center. But what they are doing is that they're taking a holistic look at processes and people and systems and tools and culture um, and leadership and and looking at it holistically. And, and building a center of excellence model to, to address digital transformation. Now, to your point, there's a lot of people that can own that. And I think it really depends on what the ultimate goal of the digital transformation is. In some organizations, in some industries, digital transformation can mitigate risk, right? You look at insurance and you look at banks and fraud protection, things like that. Like That's a great use case for, for digital transformation and, and AI. And, and ultimately, that's kind of risk prevention versus necessarily growth. In other companies, um, you really see growth as the primary driver for, for digital transformation. And in those cases, right, there's always the three-legged stool, right? There's always somebody who owns the data, <laughs> right? The chief data officer, whatever it ends up being called in, in what you know, each industry. Then you've got the, the line of business owner, and then you have the, the IT owner. And ultimately, all three legs of that stool have to come together and work in concert in order to, to drive that center of excellence forward. I believe that the, the line of business owner should be the, the executive stakeholder of, of digital transformation. Now, that could be a chief market officer, chief marketing officer in a growth situation. Um, it could be the CFO or um, you know, the head of regulatory in a more risk mitigation, digital transformation agenda. So I think it's it's less around the actual function itself, but more around the ownership of the outcome versus the data and the infrastructure are key pieces that need to come together in service of that outcome. But that line of business owner is really the, the driver of, of the outcome of that digital transformation and should have an active role in defining the strategy, building that center of excellence, bringing all the right people together, um, building the processes, building the measurement, you know, building the culture of leadership and, and really helping to, to bring those, those stakeholders to the table to drive you know, the desired outcomes for the organization. So if you're thinking that your organization needs to embark on a digital transformation journey, how do you get buy-in to get started on that? You know, I think what's been interesting is we've talked about 
that topic for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, COVID did accelerate it. It's funny how, especially enterprise organizations would say like, oh, this is like our five-year digital roadmap. And some of that stuff they had to do within like four months last year. So, right? <laughs> right. right. Um, so it does prove that it can be done faster, but how do you get everyone on board? Because a lot of times I think people like to talk about it, but what they don't realize is the amount of time and resources needed to really make it happen. So, you know, when you think about bringing organization to where it needs to be digitally, how do you get buy-in from your peers and from your team to say, this is what we need to do. It's going to be a lot of heavy lifting and we may not see results from it right away, right? Like, cause some of it is building right. that infrastructure to get there. Well, I think a lot of those conversations have, have to happen around the, uh, you know, the C-suite table. And, and that's really critical because ultimately, again, like this is not a we call it digital transformation, but it really is a business transformation at the end of the day. Um, it's, you know, it's typically, you know, driving some pretty significant shifts in terms of how an organization connects with their customers, right? It's solving customer experience, um, as we saw, you know, with COVID and the kind of the shift in consumer preferences and behaviors and how content is consumed. Um, it can also be, you know, regulatory in nature of, like I mentioned before, kind of that risk mitigation. And and so I think ultimately it has to be a discussion that's happening across the C-suite because you can't do any of, of this in a silo. And I think what's interesting is like, if you if you go back and I was in M&A, management consulting for, for a long time, and you think about the, the stakeholders and the focus on an acquisition, Right. The whole organization is involved, you know, once you can talk about it right, legally um, and you have everyone at the table, it really becomes a you know, full team sport across the organization. And yet we don't quite talk about digital transformation at the same level, although I would say it's just as much of a full organization impact and team sport. So I think we have to start by just shifting the conversation from being a you know, marketing or digital effort to really being a, like, let's just take the word digital off this. And like, this is our transformation. This is how our company is going to, you know, better engage with customers or better manage risk or, um, you know, better, better provide outcomes. You think about the the digital transformation, in the healthcare space has just been you know, phenomenal in the last few years. Um, and so I like, you know, my belief is that Again, like we as as marketing leaders, as market leaders, can can bring that view and start that conversation. But we really have to be like the chief collaboration officer um, when it comes to digital transformation, and and bring those conversations to to the full the full C suite. Um, otherwise, if you don't have that buy in and you don't recognize the full effort, that center of excellence approach that's going to be needed, you're going to be in one of those, you know, four out of five digital transformation, AI transformation projects that are failing. And, and really we want to be in, you know, production and at scale versus just having some, you know, small pilots that were, you know, kicking the tires under a, under, under a desk somewhere. So all the things we've talked about today, this like just hit me, man, it's exhausting to be a marketing leader. (laughs) Right. It is. (laughs) It is. Um, we, we have, I mean, 
we have to be able to turn from business and strategic leader to you know execution and tactical leader in a heartbeat we have to really understand you know the ins and outs of of the market the customers the experience the buying journey um, and then and then be able to to turn around and and make sure our social media team and our demand gen teams are performing so it's it is a big you know, you've got to wear multiple hats for sure in this role, more than any other C-suite function, I believe. So when you hear someone, you know, is in their career, earlier on in their career, and their ultimate goal is to be a CMO, how do you think they get best prepared for that? Just given what we've talked about today, where you have to wear so many hats. So I think it depends on the type of industry and the type of company that you want to be CIO. I mean, CIO, sorry, scratch that. <laughs> you want to be CMO at. Um, and and ultimately, you know, I think the understanding the industry, the business model, how that organization is growing, um, what stage of transformation the organization is in um, is really important. And being able to to step back and say, you know, there's kind of this school of thought that like you're either every CMO aligns to, you know, product, brand, um, or revenue. And and in my mind, like the modern CMO has to align to all three of those. And so the question that I always ask those folks who are interested in being a CMO is, you know, what type of company, what type of industry because we have to be a business leader at the end of the day. And so being excited and passionate about the business challenges that you're solving is equally, if not more important than being passionate about the discipline of marketing. I think we'll continue to see that um, you know, you've got to span being able to understand product and revenue and brands storytelling is going to become you know even more important um, as we've seen in in covid and beyond right people when was the last time you provided your contact information for a form on a website right people don't want to engage that way anymore and so how do we stop being the hero of our own story and and how do we start listening to the market the customers the customers we wish we had and, and start telling stories that matter to them. And so I think we're gonna have to thread all three of those and the wrapper will end up being storytelling. So you know, my advice to anyone who wants to be a CMO is start to understand what industry and type of company you're most passionate about and, and start to get smart on, on that customer journey because that's where we're going to add the value. It's not going to be, oh, I've checked the box on all these different, you know, marketing functions. I've done social and I've done demand gen and I've done brand and I've done analyst relations. I've done PR. Like that's not going to be the the mindset anymore. It's going to be how well do you understand this business? How under how well do you understand how we drive revenue, how our products get delivered and what the market wants? And that's going to be that's going to be the new world of the CMO. And, and I, you know, my fear is that our discipline will not evolve as fast as our CEOs need us to, and that we'll still be caught up in this, like, check the box, like, how many tactics do I know how to do versus 
am I really a strategic business leader who understands these vectors and can build a strategy that is not a one size fits all because every industry and every business is different based on you know where their customers are at based on where they are in their own transformation journey. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.